Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here on a beautiful Friday morning in January 2022. It is January the 28th to be exact, 2022. This is going to be our fourth part in this session, these teachings we're doing on the hiding place. So I'd encourage you to uh, get your Bibles and to get ready to follow along with us. Today we're going to see a specific aspect of this great hiding place is the treasure that's in the hiding place. And I'm not, and, 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 and I'll have to say there are many treasures in Christ Jesus. He is our treasure. But in Him, all the promises of God, the Bible says, are in Him. He is the treasure chest. And as we learn to walk in Him, uh, that means experientially, then we will experience the treasures that are found in Christ. He is our hiding place, but the cross is what allows us to be in the hiding place when we were born again. And number two, and only, exclusively, the experience of being in this hiding place takes place as we keep our faith in that one thing that put us in the hiding place, and that's faith in the cross of Christ. Outside of that, there is no faith. Again, welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We're going to get into this here in just a moment. First, I want to share with you, in case you're new, following along with us, that you can uh, see everything we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, there's also a, a Spreaker app, not speaker, but Spreaker, you can get for your smartphone. And our channel on that app is for those who have ears to hear. And everything I've done for the last uh, several few years is on the Spreaker app in audio form. And uh, so uh, we messages all the way back from 2013 are on the Spreaker. There's 869 or 70 so gospel-centered, which to us means cross-centered messages, teachings on that app for your phone, the Spreaker app. Uh, my email address is curtishutchinson at att.net if you ever need to contact me for meetings or for gripes or complaints or just, uh, just sharpening iron with each other through that email and, and I'll respond to you. And we just give God the praise today for the opportunity. We've been doing these Friday morning broadcasts all the way, I guess, since back in somewhere around 2016. And uh, uh, even now we're doing Monday and Thursday morning broadcast at 8.30 a.m. teaching on the book of Hebrews. And presently we're in chapter 9 in that teaching. And I, I, I encourage you to... To, to get tuned in with your Bibles and follow along with us. There are very, very few Christians today who know much about what's in their Bibles. They've got a few Bible verses picked out for their own personal leisure, uh, fleshly, carnal desires, uh, and that those are called selective hearing Christians. But there are other Christians, far and few in between, that really have a desire to learn and to grow through the truth of God's Word. 
and those he will bring back to Calvary so that he can finally bring, have them in the place where they can hear, they can receive, they can be being made conformable under the image of the death of Jesus. And that is the only fruit-bearing place for the Christian. So this morning again, this is part four of the hiding place. Let's dig in, for I know the Lord will impart truth into the hearts that desire truth. And those that follow after righteousness, he's promised, will find righteousness, mercy, and honor. If you seek righteousness, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning, one of my all-time favorite subjects, because you've got to have that garment of righteousness to get in heaven. You've got to have an oil, a lamp rather, with oil in it, and that oil depicts the righteousness of God. We'll see that in the Word this morning. So again, grab your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, get ready to take some notes, uh, and get ready for the Holy Spirit to him part the truth of God's word into your heart because it's only the disciples of Christ who continue in his word and find that word as the truth who's making them free every single day in experience. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3. This is our springboard scripture for this teaching if you will. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. This is a good dead. We've talked about it. There's a bad dead and there's a good dead. There's a dead in your sins and guilty before God and the wrath of God is against you until you're born again. When you're born again, that means you've had to die. That's a good death because that means your faith is in the death of Jesus and now you've died with him, been crucified with him, and now you're alive with him. You're alive in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's a good day. That's what the Bible here talks about. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ through faith in his death in God. And this morning I want to talk about the, 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 the great treasure the, the, the most prominent, the, 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 the biggest focus of what the treasure really is in Christ Jesus is righteousness. That's what he, listen very carefully, that's what he declared to you through the cross. That's what your heart believed unto when you heard the message of the cross. You believe, the heart believed unto righteousness, Romans 10, 10, and then the mouth began to confess unto salvation. That's what he robed you with, the garment of righteousness. Not only did he make you righteous in Christ Jesus, but he robed you in that righteousness. And as you read Revelation chapter 3, you'll see that on this journey through this life, if we're not careful, our garment can become spotted not because of sin, not sinful acts that is, but because of the sin nature now ruling again because we're not trusting still today in that which gave us the unspotted garment. 
When we trust in anything, what we eat, what we don't eat, what we say, what we don't say, uh, the government of 12, the purpose-driven, the celebrate recovery, anything that takes preeminence and goes before Christ to distract from His way of redemption and sanctification, hallelujah, causes our garments to be spotted. And you can read about that to the church in Sardis in Revelation chapter 3. But it's the path that he set us on. As we'll see in Proverbs 8 this morning, it's the only path he leads on. Because it's the only path that if he can lead us on it, will bear the fruit of us being on that path. You see, your journey is very important, saints. You're standing with God in Christ Jesus in your secure position because of your faith in what he did about your sins on the cross, that's what allows you now to walk in this place called the hiding place uh, in the Spirit, after the Spirit, to walk uh, with Christ, to walk in the truth, to walk by faith. All these phrases, one and the same thing, to walk in agreement with the Lord through faith in His Son, sacrifice. Without our faith there, we're not walking with the Lord. We're walking with someone else where we've mistaken to be the Lord that is not the Lord. When our faith is not in the cross, we're not agreed with God and can't no two people walk together, the Bible says, unless they're agreed. And the only thing that allows us to be in agreement with God is when our faith is in what his son did at Calvary. Not back when you got born again. Today, now faith is. The substance of what you're hoping for, the very evidence of things not seen. You, you need to understand that those that come to God must believe that he not was, not will be, but is. That's right now. Those that come to God today, 20, 30, 40, 50 years after you've been born again, you're Come to God in prayer. You must believe not that He was or will be, but that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. So we're going to see some powerful things today about the most prominent thing in the hiding place. It is, it is the experience of righteousness. That garment of righteousness, that cloak of humility, which is drab looking to the world. And even unfortunately most of the church today doesn't want to talk about the cross. The less you want to hear about the cross, the less you will experience the hiding place. The less you want to hear about the cross, uh, the, le the less you will be being conformed into the image of the cross, the death, the disposition of who Christ was at the cross. Come on now. These folk who don't want to hear about the cross, they can't in no way be being conformed, made conformable unto the death of, of Christ, the death of the cross. They, they, if you're not looking at that, if your faith is not in that, then you're not experiencing the hiding place. It is not just a nonchalant uh, by chance and hit and miss and coincidence and happen chance. That's not Christianity. Jesus said to those Jews that believed upon him, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples truly. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free because you cannot be my disciple 
if you put family or anyone before me. You cannot be my disciple if you don't bear your cross. And that means keep your faith in what I did at Calvary for you. He was teaching on the cross before he went to the cross. We need to get that. So let's get into this day. The treasure of the hiding place. Watch Proverbs chapter 8 verse 19 through 21. My fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue, my payoff, the dividends for following me are better than choice silver. Maybe you just need to take your chair and set it out in the middle of the yard and think about this one verse all day long. God says His fruit is better than gold. It's God, what God does in you and through you which is not going to happen outside of faith in the sacrifice, not just because you believed it once before. Now faith is. Because you are justified, now you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Now you have been placed in Christ and you have been justified, but that doesn't mean you will walk in this place. If you're honest, you'll have to admit there have been times when it's obvious the fruit of the Lord was not in your life. Only the fruit of your flesh, your mistakes, your sin nature, just our fruit of the flesh. Let's read it again. It's very important. You know these things. My fruit, the Lord says, is better than gold. Mm, that, that, again, do you need to just put your chair out in the middle of the yard today and never let your mind leave this one verse? Now, I, I'm not talking about literally, but maybe literally. You know what I'm saying? This is something we need to understand. What God is trying to do in us and through us is better than gold. And it's spiritual. And it sounds good. And we say we know it. And then we turn right around and slap the face off somebody to try to get something from them, sue them, get some money, rather than letting God be God in and through us. Come on, somebody. Do we really understand that that the only memories we're going to have eternally are the things that Christ was able to do in us and through us. We say that it sounds so spiritual, but it's so true. You're not going to, I don't believe we're going to remember anything that Christ didn't do in and through us. It's going to all burn up. If it, listen, if it's not of Christ and by Him and for Him, then it means it's just of our own flesh. And it will not be remembered. So Christians, get involved in the experiential walk with Christ. That cannot happen just because I go to church, just because I read my Bible. My faith, my heart has to be all involved in the sacrifice of Christ. The hiding place is the cross. It's what was hidden from humanity. It's still hidden from the world and even as it pertains to daily living and any grace of God, it's pretty much hidden from the church. Why do you think they accept the fads every year that come in? 
Why do you think they, people are sitting around trying to learn how to be a prophet? <laughs> Why do you think Christians are sitting around trying to fight, waiting on something, something new God's going to do instead of just getting involved in what God did 2,000 years ago that made them new if they've believed it? Watch this now. Let's read this again. Verse 19, Proverbs 8. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold. And my revenue, the payoff of bearing my fruit, is better than choice silver. Mm. Oh, that we would see the way God sees. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment. God leads in the way of righteousness. And all his judgments are in righteousness. The Bible says that in Proverbs 8 and 8, that all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. The words of God's mouth are God's judgments. The words of God's mouth are only located in righteousness. See, thy word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He says, I lead in the way of righteousness. That's the way of Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way. He's the righteous king who did the righteous work at Calvary. He is the righteous way. And to follow in his footsteps means that we have the same mind that was in him, that mind of, uh, of suffering, that we're in the fellowship with his sufferings of, of the cross. Not going out and try to make yourself suffer. Listen, the greatest experience of you suffering is your faith in the cross. Believe me, my friend, if your faith really is in the sacrifice of Christ, you're going to experience suffering. You're going to experience rejection. You're going to experience hatred. You're going to experience all these things coming from without towards you. But yet you're also going to experience from the inside because in us, there's still a lot of world. Remember, greater is He that's in you than all that's in the world, even all the world that's in you. Listen, for years we've made the focus, greater is He that's in you. No, there's, there's, a, law, there's a law of sin still at work in our members. But greater is He than all those that are in the world and even all the world that's still in me. He's greater than all that. But the experience of Him that is greater than all that is only experienced through my faith in the cross. Not just because I got saved some time ago, because I've already been through the experience of living many, many moons in sin not knowing about this way of the cross. Not know, most Christians only know the cross is about what it took to get them to heaven. They don't know it's the hiding place. And, it, and as we've discussed in past sessions, it's not that you won't be touched with infirmity. It's not that the enemy won't throw darts at you. It's not that you won't be disliked, hated, abused, misused. But it's about your being able to respond to all these things with the disposition that Christ responded to all the world that was crucifying Him. You see, that's the key. 
your response. How do you respond to God's word and what we've read this morning when he says his fruit is better than gold? And we say hallelujah, praise be to God. Uh, uh, his fruit is better than gold. We get excited about it and then we go out and spend the next 23 and a half hours after gold. Yeah, brother, but. No, no, there is no brother, but. There's only, I choose to believe this. And you'll have to fight the good fight of faith every moment of every day that you're awake to continue to believe this. God only leads in the way of righteousness. In the midst, what's in the way of righteousness He's leading you in is, is His judgment. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. His judgment is a judgment of righteousness. When Jesus was on the cross... He was praying and believing and committing his soul to the very one who judges righteously. That's what Peter wrote. See, when we're going through things, following in the footsteps of Jesus, just because you're suffering does not mean you're suffering for Christ. Suffering for Christ is going through things because of your faith in the suffering at the cross of Christ. Come on now. And yes, you may be suffering through because of infirmities, but you'll get no fruit. You'll get no fruit that's better than gold unless your faith is in Christ. You don't get fruit for suffering. You get fruit because your faith is in the sufferings of Christ at Calvary. That's the only avenue of fruit. There are people, and I, I, and I just don't even understand how they can make it, but there are people who suffer all their life with sicknesses and infirmities and have to deal with so much that my mind can't fathom it. There's no fruit from the Lord because they're going through this life sick and ill or lame. There, there's no fruit from the Lord because of that. They have the same opportunity to come to Christ through faith in the cross and to have the same fruit in spite of sickness, infirmity, and lameness that a healthy man does. Sickness does not mean we have the fruit of the Lord, but we're going to need the fruit of the Lord when we are sick. Come on now. Watch this. I lead in the way of righteousness. That's the way of the cross. There is no other way of righteousness. In the midst of the paths of judgment, why? That I may cause those that love me. Did you hear that? You might say you love him, but those that love him are found being led by him in the way of righteousness is the way of the cross. Don't tell me the church is not in trouble today. The church is in the worst shape it's ever been in. It's in the worst trouble it's ever been in because to say I love you, Lord, is easy. But to be bearing the cross, the only avenue of being led by the Lord in the way of righteousness, following His 
judgments of righteousness. That's his process of being found, of experiencing the substance that's our inheritance. Just because God says something is ours doesn't mean we're experiencing it. We can be, and probably most all of us have been, prodigal sons. We were in the pig pen. We were slopping in the flesh instead of walking, being led by the Lord in the path of righteousness through faith in the sacrifice. It's not, my friend, just getting back in church. It's not just starting to read your Bible again. It's getting back to the place where you loved and He loved you first. At the cross where the love affair began, that first love, hallelujah. Think about it. Think about it. I lead in the way of righteousness. There is not but one. It's the way of the cross. He says he leads us in that. That speaks volumes to those who think the cross was only for the born again experience. Without faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit can't lead me in the way of righteousness and I'll never be able to, to, to experience the judgments of God's righteousness. And I might say I'm trusting in him and waiting on him, but I'm not. And there won't be oil in my lamp when he comes. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. That doesn't exist on this side of glory. But I am talking about having a spotless garment, that, that righteous garment. And the only reason, again, I've already said this, the only reason it's spotted is because we found trusting in other things other than that one thing that makes that garment unspotted, and that's the blood of Jesus. I lead, oh, we, we need to grasp this today. Those who are not just in the hiding place, Christians are in the hiding place, but those who will remain in the hiding place, and only God knows who they are, and experience the benefits of being in Christ through faith in the cross daily, experientially, being led by God, the Holy Ghost, in the way of righteousness are those who have their faith in the cross. Today, not yesterday, today. Doesn't mean we sit around and think about the cross all day. But hear me, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the only thing God has ever talked about throughout the ages dealing with men. The volume of the book is written of Christ. Uh, God uh, uh, decided, predetermined, a lot of people don't like that word just because God's raising up determined ministers like Paul again today. Uh, they don't like that word. It Really, it's not about that word or them people. Their hearts are not right with God about the cross. They're not seeing it in the capacity that they need to see it. They're not looking at the world through the cross. They're not looking at themselves through the cross because when they do, they see some things that need to go and they're not quite willing yet to. That's why. That's why. So, back on track. I lead in the way of righteousness. Are you being led in the way of righteousness? That means 
God's Word is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path, if you're just quoting that verse like I did for years, that don't put you in the path of righteousness. It's when God's words are being seen, believed, trusted in through the work of the righteous work of the righteous Savior at Calvary. Outside of that, my friend, you're going to just keep sitting there listening to men who sound anointed and it's not the anointing and they, and they put on displays and show themselves like a Hollywood dramatical scene in a pulpit instead of just opening the Bible and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring the demonstration and the power of the message of the cross as they open their Bibles and allow the Holy Spirit to point the congregation to Jesus and his work at Calvary so that they can learn to be being made conformable unto that death. Without that, without that message, without the message of the cross being preeminent and tied to everything we teach and preach, we're really trying to talk people into coming out of the hiding place. I know things like this is not heard very often or in very many places, but there are a, a couple of, uh, uh, not a couple of, uh, well, let's just don't put a number on it. There are several today all across the earth who God has opened their eyes and brought them back to this place of being determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. Why? So there can go a wake-up call throughout the land. To, for God's people to wake up unto righteousness, move out of the place of being a carnal baby Christian and begin to, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, experience, become skillful in the word of, there it is, righteousness. Amen. Everybody who thinks they're being led by the Holy Spirit in the way of righteousness, mostly 99.9999% of all them today think that's happening because of what they're doing. Their faith is in what they're doing. I've been there. I'm not being ugly or mean. It's when we let go of all of that and just simply trust in the righteous one, the work of righteousness he carried out at Calvary that our hearts believed unto as Christians and now we let him guide us into the path of that righteousness. There is no other righteousness other than Christ and his cross. There is none. So watch this. Let's get this together. I've got more scriptures today. Uh, it's amazing how much the Lord can pour out of a Bible verse or two. I guess he could. He's the eternal God and his words are eternal and everlasting. I lead in the way of righteousness and in the midst of the paths of judgment. That's all one and the same thing. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. God wants to fill your heart with his treasure. The treasure is Christ. The treasure is Christ. All the promises, of, as we've already stated this morning, are in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. That means inexperience. Hallelujah. We need to think about these things. That I may cause those 
They don't have to work for it. I will cause those that love me to inherit substance. Who did Jesus say that it really is that loves him? Those that obey him, those that follow him, those that walk in his commandments, not those that say they want to, those that say they do, not those that know they need to, those that do. That's what Jesus said. The great white throne judgment is going to have far more people there than our minds can fathom. We, you need to understand that. There are millions upon millions today who think they're doing things for Christ and it's not Christ in them doing that by His Spirit and you need to write this down. I don't care if you struggle with it. If you'll write it down and listen to somebody teaching and preaching the truth, you will come to the understanding of it. God only honors what God does. God don't honor anything that I do. Not one thing. Not even the things that I find in the Bible that I go out and try to do. If it's not the Holy Spirit stirring me to walk in this way of righteousness, bearing forth His fruit that's better than my fruit, mm, He won't honor it. That's why we have to move into a place of make-believe and religion and stamp God on things that are not God. That's why, that's why we have in the church today professional microphone users that can breathe and bark and growl and do all these things to put on a show instead of just simply laying the power of the gospel, the message of the cross in every jot and tittle of the Bible on the table so the Holy Spirit can have the attention. The Holy Spirit can do the work. The Holy Spirit can bring forth the fruit of Christ, the very disposition and the makeup of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, the more we learn the cross, the more we see how deceitfully deceived we've been and just how much the deceitfulness of sin has deceived us. How many phrases we use to try to stir the flesh of men. How many movements we make to try to stir the flesh of men. We claim we're helping them, but we can't help them. The cross is the only offer of help from God to all of humanity and even to His church that desires to walk with Him in this way of righteousness. God wants to cause you to experience your inheritance that's in Christ Jesus. He has to cause it. He, he has to bring it about, the experience. He has to be the one doing the work in you, both to will and to do of your good, of his good pleasure, rather. His good, there's that word, pleasure. That it's God who works in us both to will and to do of what pleases Him. So that means because we know it's impossible to please Him without faith, Hebrews eleven six, that whatever's going on in us that we're calling the work of God has got to be through the faith of the cross of Christ. you got to understand that. There was only one. There was only one that was that was understanding what happened at Calvary 
and that was the Father. There was only one who understood what was happening at Calvary was the, Father, was the Godhead, really. There's only one that was pleased with what Jesus did at Calvary. That was the Father. The cross of Christ is the only avenue. You'll need to write this down, my friend. The cross of Christ is the only avenue through which God can be pleased. He's not pleased in any good deed I do. I don't care if I build a building and I'm feeding 25,000 people a month. If I'm not being led by the Spirit through faith in the sacrifice, believing with the heart under God's words of righteousness that are pointing me to the cross so the Holy Spirit can work in me both to will and to do of that which pleases my God, I'm not, I'm not getting anything for that. So many good things in our eyes are not good to God. He only honors what He does. And the only avenue of pleasing God is in the way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross. We're talking about experiencing You'll find books written on how to experience the victory of God and you'll find all sorts of studies on how to experience the blessings and the promises of God. If they don't point you to faith in the cross alone, they don't know what they're talking about. I don't care how well they orate the scriptures if they don't let the Holy Spirit use them to point to where the scriptures were able to be understood and imparted and become a part of our lives and the very light to our paths, which is the cross, there will be no experience. We will just call a good day a God day and a bad day a devil day and we'll never learn how to be led in the paths of righteousness because only there do we find ourselves experiencing the substance, the substance of our inheritance, hallelujah, by faith, by faith. Now faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. And our greatest hope as Christians is to please our God. If it's not, we're already in trouble Let's move on to Proverbs 15 and 6. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 6. In the house of the righteous is much treasure. Now you, if you're a Christian, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But that doesn't all by itself, just because of who you are, mean that the fruits of righteousness are going to flow in your life. Peter writes something very profound. That if a Christian man, a righteous man, doesn't treat his wife as an equal co-heir of grace, he's abusing his wife spiritually, he's not treating her right, his prayers can be hindered. Wait a minute. I thought the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It does. If he's functioning from faith in that hiding place. If he's being led by the Lord in this 
way of righteousness. Just because you've been declared righteous in your position doesn't mean that you're experiencing the benefits in your condition. This, is a big pro- this ain't just a big problem, my friend. This is the greatest of all problems in the church, not understanding how the cross of Christ pertains to the experience of my every day's living. Every day's living. It takes faith in the cross to be born again. It takes faith in the death of Jesus to live this life. It takes faith in the cross to live the born again life. Not just because I go, that's why folks go to church and they quit church. Kids don't even want to be in church. And Listen, if the preacher would be preaching the word in the power of the cross and teaching the word in the power of the cross, then the people of God, the people that are the Lord's, would, would find this hunger and thirst for His righteousness increasing in their hearts. A greater desire for Him to lead them in this way that they now know the way of the cross, the way of righteousness. Watch now. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. And you say, well, I'm in the house of the righteous. No, this is talking about your house. This is talking about your house because here he's talking about the wicked and the righteous. Now we're righteous in Christ Jesus, but are we walking in Christ Jesus where that righteousness is actually the fruit? I'm going to say something else you need to write down. You'll find it scripturally correct. If the, if the manifestation of anything we're calling Bible faith is not the righteousness of faith, it's not, it's not biblical faith. Any true Bible faith is the righteousness of faith. And that means that it's the Word of God through which faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. But it must be in its righteous context. It must be in its righteous context. Or the enemy will find that self-life that he's able to breathe lies into. See, all the enemy is looking for every day, and it's far more. Let me tell you something, preacher. It's far more than just flesh in a sin nature. There is a devil who roars as a lion, and he is seeking whom he may devour. We weren't told that as Christians just so it could go in our head. He has devoured many saints of God, brought ruin and destruction to their lives, their marriages, their relationships because they have not known what it means to be led in the way of righteousness. But know this, those that desire to know, He brings the truth of this way to them. You better hear that. Those that desire to know, He brings the knowledge of this way to them. Those that love Him, those that love Him, keep their faith in where that love is true and where that love was given to them, shed abroad in their hearts. 
the very measure of faith God gave us. Romans 12, 3, when we were born again, works by love. Galatians 5, 6. That means it works by love, it's fueled by love, and it produces the fruit of love. To learn more of the message of the cross means you're learning more of just how much God loves you and just how much you are to be found loving others. You don't have to growl at people that don't know the way of righteousness. That's not going to help them. But you also don't have to sit around and listen to people just always calling you names and blah, blah, blah and throw growls back at them. That's, that's still the part of the world that they're accusing you of things, being elitist and uh, uh, fanatics and, 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 and thinking you're better than everybody just because you refuse to be moved, removed from the hiding place. You, because, see, to love is to warn. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that, so, that whosoever believed on Him, here comes the warning, would never perish. God's accusing you of not, if you don't believe on His Son, you will perish. See, that's love. That's love. And for us to warn others about what's not true faith doesn't mean we think we're better. It means we love them enough to keep warning, to keep preaching and teaching. For many that think they're going will not be going. Many that think they're going will not be going. Righteousness. The fruit of righteousness is the oil in your lamp. Is it there? Let's continue. Let's read this again. I don't want to move on too fast. The Holy Spirit might have even more. Proverbs 15 and 6, where we are. In the house of the righteous. This the experience of those being led by God in the way of righteousness, according to His judgments of righteousness. There's much treasure. The Lord wants you to experience much of that treasure in your journey now. It cannot be experienced just because you're a Christian. How do I know? Read the book of Galatians. This is not being heard. This is not being taught. It's rarely being taught that if your faith is in anything other than the cross of Christ, you fall from grace. Christ cannot profit you. He cannot affect you. And I know that people say, well, that was in that day, in that time, and that was, uh, uh, that was Christians who had been Pharisees or Christians who'd been Jews. And, and all that is factual statements. But it makes no difference. Whatever we go in trusting in other than the cross, that means we've fallen from grace and Christ cannot affect us or profit us while we're trusting that. It don't matter what that is. My Bible reading, my church attendance, my giving, my anything. If it's not His cross. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Here's another one. Three today from Proverbs chapter 21. It's the third one. Proverbs 21 verses 20 and 21. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. 
There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. Where did the wise dwell? In the path of righteousness. The righteous dwell in the path that God leads on. Righteousness. The way of the cross. The Bible says that the preaching of the cross is not only the power of God, it is the wisdom of God. And that which is the wisdom of God is the only thing that can make a people of God wise. See how simple these things are if you just look through the cross. Look through the cross. There's no such thing as talking too much about the cross. It is what God did before the foundation of the world so that He would be able to among men do all that He would do eternally among men. You can't talk too much about the cross. Anything negatively, even in some Thing that appears to be some righteous indignation being said about the cross in a negative way or those who are preaching it is only still the world screaming out and the very evidence of what crucified Christ. Don't you think they said the same thing about Noah? Don't you know there were spiritual ministers to some degree of some sort in the world in Noah's day? Don't you know they called him a fanatic? Don't you know they said he thinks he's the only one that hears from God? Don't you think they said he's some elitist? But he kept on building. And one day he looked up and it was only him and his house that were saved. Thank God there's more than one family today. But compared to the families that claim Christianity, there are few. Compared to the numbers that believe they are in the right way, there are few. Jesus said there will be few that find this way. For this way is the way of righteousness. This way is the way of the cross. And Jesus taught it concretely and very narrowly. If you love your family more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you won't bear your cross, you're not worthy of me. These things, men go to some theological cemetery, they call seminary, and really just teach, change things all about and really offer men that which will allow them to continue to be conformed to this world. But if we would preach and teach the Word of God in the context of the living Word of God and what He did is the Lamb of God, every time we open our mouths, no matter what the topic may be, the subject matter is the cross. Without the cross being the subject matter, then everything else and all we walk away with is objective facts. It becomes subjective truth when the cross gets involved. Maybe we need to talk about that some more. Unless the cross and our faith in the cross is taking place, our 
unified, our identifiable faith in the death of Christ and our death with Him. Unless we're learning the Word of God in that context, then we're only seeing things in some objective, factual state. They don't, the Word of God doesn't become subjective truth except through the cross. And this is what God is doing as He pours out of His Spirit in these last days. <laughs> and our sons and daughters, though many would try to shut them down, continue to prophesy. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Not us putting on a display or show, but God putting on a display of show through the prophetic word of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave His life at Calvary and offers this great substance of treasure in Him, in this hiding place. It's hidden from most of the church. Uh, the, the cross to most of the church is only that which uh, got me from being guilty before God and has reserved a mansion in heaven for me. But between that time and the time I'm there, they know nothing of the cross for daily living. Nothing of the Word of God in that context. You can't hardly find anything written in books before, not that you can't, I find a gold mine every once in a while, even from back in the, er, in the 30s, the 1930s. And I'm sure there were some men that God had all along the way, but their platforms weren't big enough to get out all over the world, just lights here and there. And, and, and every time the light of the cross begins to shine, Quickly the enemy runs in to do all that he can to just, to just shine, uh, uh, to, 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 just, to just look for any little bit of self-life he can find to breathe his lies and his roars of lies into. Let's get back into this Proverbs 21, verse 20. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling. They that dwell in me and I in them, meaning they that continue in me and I in them. They that walk in me in the new, that Jesus or the Bible says that the new covenant, he says I'll be a God in them and I will walk in them. He walks in us. Our walk is in Him. The experience of the new covenant as we're led by our faithful God in the way of righteousness. Let's read it again. Because as you see things like this, think about the five wise virgins that had oil in their lamps and the five foolish virgins that didn't. They were waiting on the same master. They were waiting on the same Lord. But when he came, half of them didn't have oil in the lamp. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. But a foolish man spins it up. He that follows after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Can you explain what righteousness is and where it comes from? 
Can you explain what the way that God says He leads in the path of righteousness? Can, can you explain that? Do you understand that? And you don't understand it to the degree you need to understand it if you can't explain it. And if that's the case, then how can we hunger and thirst after this that God said if we did, He'd fill us? That if we sought it before all things, He'd add everything to our lives. That if we begin to learn to love righteousness, that He would give us the oil of gladness. That if we learn His words in their righteous context, which is the way of the cross, and he, we become Christians, disciples of Christ, who can walk in the place with a discernment between good and evil that's far beyond that of a baby carnal Christian. Is that where we are? Those of you who follow this ministry, it's only because you have been brought back or the Lord is in the process of bringing you back to your first love. The knowledge, the importance of the cross of Christ. The focus of God, which is the cross of Christ. That avenue that is the only avenue through which He's pleased, through which He speaks, through which He works. Because if there's another avenue through which He speaks and works, that makes Him a respecter of persons. If this works for you but it doesn't work for them, that makes Him a respecter of persons. And that's a sin. And the Bible says He's not a respecter of persons. There is a hiding place. You were placed in it as a Christian when you were born again. And in this hiding place, it takes faith in what got you in that hiding place to experience the benefits of that hiding place. And the greatest treasure in the hiding place, which is Christ, through faith in His cross is God's righteousness. It is our treasure. It's that which He declared. And let me share this as I have to close. We've got about two or three minutes left. And the Lord showed me this just a couple of weeks ago in a beautiful imagery in my mind. And I want to share it with you. Some of you have already heard it. At the cross, the death of Jesus became or it made Him, allowed Him to be the door that opened wide, the veil, the old way of the temple, the veil that blocked the Holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom, thus signifying that's over. Jesus now has made a new and living way in His flesh. And He is our new and living way. But at the cross, through His death, he became the door, not first for you to run into, but first for God to speak through, declare His righteousness, Romans 3, 25 and 26. The offer came from God through the door of Jesus and His death and God's words spoke through in a way that turned the light on to all he'd ever said before. Think about that. And then when we heard the declaration of righteousness, and that's exactly what we heard, Romans 10 and 10, it's with the heart man believes 
unto righteousness, then the mouth confesses unto salvation. And then through God's declaration of righteousness, our hearts reaching for that in faith, believing that for our own personal selves to be forgiven of our sins, the Lord with that same word declared to you the righteousness of Christ, it grabbed a hold of you, the operation of God, and pulled you in, immersed you into that very death and tells you today, Colossians 2, 6, just as you received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. Walk ye in Him just like you received Him through faith in that word you heard in the beginning that declared His righteousness, offered you His righteousness. And when you believed it, He brought you near by that blood, Ephesians 2.13. He brought you near, so near that you're in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Father, I pray that you would pour out of your Spirit even more so in these last days and that you would allow your people to wake up, cause your people to be awakened unto righteousness so that we could really see what it means to have your Spirit out of your Spirit being poured upon all flesh, the message of the cross, the testimony of Jesus, the Holy Spirit filling our hearts with not fanaticism but with the truth of our Savior, the light of our God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Blessed be Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you for this teaching today. Thank you for the enlightenment of our understanding. Thank you for quickening and strengthening our inner man today. And bless the people, God. Bless the people. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. In Jesus' name I pray. May the Lord touch every issue you're having with His healing and merciful hands today. God bless you. He loves you. I love you. And He and I are going to keep telling you of His great love, mercy, and righteousness and that all-sufficient grace offered to everyone through the cross of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Don't forget to share these broadcasts on social media. Liking it's good. Comments are great, but sharing it's the best of all because others need to hear things like this that you've heard. Give them the opportunity to awaken to that which God has awakened you to. Hallelujah. Don't forget to pray for us and sow into good ground if God stirs your heart to do so. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. Have a great and blessed day. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then. <laughs>